little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks Manchester Pride is an IPA. I'm ahead of the game. Hello all, welcome back to the Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane and on this week's show I'll be looking at the dreaded public display of affection. I'll be chatting to DJ Jordan Lee about his time in a thruple and I'll be diving into my fun bags to find your stories of being in a happy little threesome or feeling like a terrible third wheel. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review or at least subscribe. And I hope you're ready because I'm about to put the me in monogamy. Hello, hello, dearest listener. Okay, quick question. How do you feel about public displays of affection? Oh, nothing splits the room quite like it. I can already feel half of you cringing and the other half leaning in to hear more. Now, PDAs are not only confined to kissing and cuddling in public these days. I also hear on the grapevine that there's digital PDAs. Oh, oh my God. Nothing quite gets my heckles up than watching two people in a relationship needing to have a whole conversation between themselves on social media rather than just pick up the phone or even worse just looking up from their computers and talking to each other oh god that's so annoying so why can some people just not get enough and what does PDA really say about your relationship So psychotherapist and agony aunt Lucy Beresford told the Metro that they can be a symbol of strong connection or a little bit of insecurity, as if we didn't know. She says some people love PDAs because they are still in the bubble of their little relationship with a connection that's strong and nourishing. (laughs) Oh, let's piss on those chips, Uh, because obviously there are scenarios where PDA stems from one person craving constant validation. And I... I think we all know what we're seeing more of out there. Uh, So Lucy says it's not enough for them to show that the connection exists. They need to have the reassurance that it can be demonstrated in any setting, no matter how inappropriate. Yes, that is the word there. Uh, And it can also be about needing to show others, look, I'm desired or look how in love we are. Yeah, seen enough of those. You can tell how I feel about PDAs, can't you? I feel like I'm not... Not holding back my cards here. <laughs> Look, PDAs, like a lot of things we chat about, uh, I find terrible when when I'm having to watch, but awesome when I'm in it. So <laughs> I am being a bit hypocritical. Um, <laughs> but what if both parties aren't on board the PDA boat? If this is the case, then it's something that needs to be discussed from both sides. Oh, there we go. Communicate. Lucy asks, is it about proving something? Is it about trying to keep the relationship? relationship private? Is it about shame or embarrassment or a longing to show off? These inner needs must be acknowledged and from there you can work out a compromise. Those are some great questions for people to ask each other. 
And yet maybe there is another way to give reassurance and validation. Or perhaps you can agree to be a little more flirty when you're at a party and less than when you're at a meal with your parents or your friend, Auntie Miranda. Either way, PDAs only work when you're both on board. So why not take a little bit of time out to find out how your partner feels? Go on, you can ask them now. Or maybe you could send them over the article. Oh, yeah, see how they feel after they've read it. You can head over to metro.co.uk and find the article called Why Some People Just Can't Get Enough of Public Displays of Affection. But don't do anything until you stuck around and listened to my fabulous chat with this week's amazing guest, Jordan Lee. It is definitely worth it, I promise you. Ladies and gentlemen, gays and bays, this week's guest is not only a presenter on Kiss FM and Hits Radio, but also helped to create Hits Radio Pride, the first national commercial LGBTQ plus station in the UK. All very noble, but this is the smut drop. So I've dragged him on to discuss his life from going from a thruple to a couple and to find out how he handles being sex positive in today's media. Please welcome Jordan Lee. Hello, Jordan. Oh, my God. Hello. Hello. Um, I don't know. I think we should end it there because I think that is the nicest introduction I've ever had in my <laughs> life, honestly. Oh, you're welcome. That's how I like to start. I like to tickle your balls just to get you into a nice little comfort zone. Consider them tickled. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite kind of balls. How are you? Do you know what? I'm doing really well. I think I think we're now like into the into the girth of, of 2023 and I'm feeling like, yeah, things are looking good. Things are getting a tiny little bit warmer. I'm feeling good. How are you? The girth of it I love that very good yeah we're on that uphill slope towards spring and summer and it just seems the gloom is gonna be faded soon and we're just gonna have some nice sunshine so getting getting rid of the girth and we're just into the wet patch at the end the happy ending if you will I'm so going to enjoy this. We just absolutely decimated the year into a sexual scenario. This is going to be great fun. So, Jordan, you describe you are very sex positive. And what do you, you say you're very sex positive and you talk about it a lot. What does being sex positive mean to you and to other presenters? I mean, I'd like to to not say it's like talking about sex in the office, but maybe that's the first thing that comes to mind when you say that. <laughs> I think for me, it's just that element of like, you know, if anyone says like what they got up to or what they're thinking about, or maybe they've got something that they'd be interested to try. I'm the one that's always like, oh my God, you should definitely 100% do it and then tell me all about it <laughs> after. Like I'm just nosy, <laughs> but I think being nosy about people's sex life is so great and interesting and beautiful and and to kind of put people at ease because I remember growing up and if I talked about sex to my friends, they'd be like, oh, gay sex. Mm. And now I'm like, I'm flipping that script. I need to make sure that everyone that is growing up and wants to try something, it's like, yes, do it, Huns. It's all good. 
Yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? And especially when it comes from someone who's got a, a very public profile, then it really does help the kids of today, if you will. But do the kids of today need that? They seem to be super sex positive to me. What do you find? It's so funny. I think talking to um, younger friends, and I use that term like cringingly because these are like, you know, kids who are like 18, 19, jumping into the industry that I'm in now, whether like through work or just, you know, out in the tan as it was. And it's so funny. They've got a completely different view of sex because I think they're exposed to a lot more a lot earlier. But the one thing that that I, I kind of hear a lot of is like the pressure to be the ones that have orgies or to take drugs when they're having sex and all this kind of thing. And I'm just uh-huh. like, guys, can we just like it's all right you've got a lot a lot of time I feel like when you're that age you literally think like wow I've got to do everything I've got to do fifth base by the time I'm 20 and I'm like you've got Mm. time so taking that pressure off a little bit and and when when I talk about being sex positive it's also like going you don't have to go you know head over heels straight away it's like you know take your time you've got ages so I think that's so important as well in the words of Monty Python, what's wrong with a kiss, boy? Exactly. Love a kiss. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That's the sexiest thing. You know, sometimes like you can have all the whips and chains and the ropes and pulleys. And then sometimes the hottest thing is just getting off with someone and then getting it off. Yes. Yeah. Do you think we're losing that a bit? Like when you've got younger people and they're thinking they have to go into orgies and bondage, that they're missing intimacy. Yeah, I think. Because it's a really weird time for intimacy. Massively. I think it's so easy easy to get like focused on bondage and all this kind of stuff like really helping sex and making you free and it does I mean it's amazing let's be honest everybody loves a little bit of whips and chains but I think sometimes taking all of that out of it and and actually just connecting with someone is the sexiest thing and I think you know having it all and then having none of it is, is really important that's what me and my boyfriend do now there's times where you know we might get into a little bit of detail but at the same time <laughs> What happens in that bedroom is really, really not for print. But sometimes we just need to bring it back down to normal. Sometimes we just need to be like, who am I? Who are you? And what are we doing like together in the bedroom? Um, And then sometimes we, you know, hang off the ceilings or do other things and your mind can run wild. And that's probably what we're doing. How do you do that with you and your boyfriend? How do you get back to basics like that? I think um, a lot of the time it comes when we're we're so open and honest about what we like, what we want, what we don't want. And also something's not working for us, because I think sometimes, you know, we we can get into this zone and this um, kind of like pattern of doing the same thing and and thinking like, oh, sex is this or we're going to spend 40 minutes doing it or that. And I think sometimes just going, Mm. no, I'm not feeling it And, and not taking that personally is something that we've really worked on over the you know last couple of years of being together because sometimes it can feel a bit of like I can't say no and and that's a worry but we we found if we do say no it's like okay cool what do you want to do do you want to do anything do we want to read a book do we want to read a book about sex do we want to watch the sex like do we want to watch porn together there's so many different options and it's just being there for each other and making sure that that conversation keeps flowing and not feeling embarrassed about it Yeah, that can be so difficult, I think. I was speaking to someone um, on this podcast a few weeks ago and they're quite a young influencer. And even then they were like, oh, I still feel quite embarrassed to to stop and ask to put a condom, you know, to stop and ask my, my whoever I'm sleeping with to put a condom on. And that just seems so 
it seems it's such a juxtaposition of like you've got all these people who are like you said going well let's get into the chains and the bondage but to me growing up the most basic thing was let's put a condom on it's so it's (laughs) i don't want to say it's worrying but it's like i don't know if i was in that situation sleeping with someone else now i i feel like because of my relationship and because of the way we act when we when we have sex and talk about sex i would be like sunny jim stay there put that jimmy on the jimmy um because it it, i i've had that confidence over the time and it and it's you know that but that's come with time you know it's it's really hard like you said it it's this internal worry but also like remember that you're the person that's going to get the pleasure out of whatever you're doing whether that's giving pleasure or receiving pleasure so it's really important that your rules in your head come out you know your mouth or the way you you move your body or Mm. the way you set things up there's always also talking about it before anything happens which I think really, really helps. Yeah, definitely. And getting to know your body, knowing what you enjoy is so important, I think. It's the same as knowing what you don't enjoy. You've got to discover that amongst yourselves. And something that I think you might have enjoyed. (laughs) What a segue. I love it. I love it. Did you like that? It was a bit of a a slow one. It was a bit of a bumpy ride. living in a throuple that happened wow okay i'm gonna go that actually happened but what also happened was you admitted to it live on it admitted oh. to it that's a terrible word for it but you spoke about it live on it i've listened to the clip and it sounded like it came as a bit of a surprise to everyone involved <laughs> yourself included what <laughs> Tell me what happened. Right. Well, I'll tell you about I'll tell you about the radio situation first, and then we'll go deep, deep into that thruple situation because it was a very interesting yes, moment. Please. But I, it was so funny because um, Gemma Atkinson and Mike Tulin, beautiful human beings, on hits radio, Drive Time, and they are they are like our resident mum and dad. So they hear things that they're yeah. like oh um yeah we just had this word and i don't know what it, they always ask about like tiktok trends and that kind of thing and i'm the resident young one so of course i'm gonna answer the question and then i walked in and they were like oh we, we want to ask you about this and the producer matt was like ask ask him on air ask him on air and i don't think he knew that i was gonna <laughs> say anything and they just said well we've been learning about words today and we heard about thruple and without thinking i just went oh i was in one of them and i was like what have i just said <laughs> What have I just said? And they went, uh, what? And, I, and at that point, you're like, well, I'm, t- I'm too deep in. Let's give them some content. And everything I said is, is kind of true. It was just like, yeah, it was really, we had some lovely dinners and then we had some lovely cuddle times. And I think they just, because again, the thought of more than two people in a relationship kind of really threw them. And then there were so many questions after off air that you're probably most definitely going to ask me now. <laughs> That it was just so funny, and the amount of like text they got in from listeners being like, "What is going on?" And I was like, "I'm just living my best life over here, Hans. Had a great summer, um, and if you want to know more, then I might start my own therapy session about how to get into thruples." Yes, let's start there. How did you get into a thruple? What happened? It's so funny looking back on it now because, like, I just it was it was a great time. So. I was very single, uh, living at home, which is kind of near Reading, uh, just outside London. How old were you? I must have been about 23, about 23, 24. Okay. So, nice. you know, been around the town and everything, but also never been in a relationship, really. I kind of like dabbled and I've, I've always been the one that was like, I really want a boyfriend. Never got one. 
no everyone just thought i was a bit weird anyway um and so then the best friend of the homosexual agenda grinder definitely played a part in this um and i just i was messaging a guy they were like oh do you want to you know come over we can do the deed i was like yeah let's do that deed honey went over and someone else answered the door and i was like have i got the wrong house here (laughs) And it was like, no, you're here to see um, tea. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it was like, oh, he's just through there. And I was like, hi, nice to meet you. Anyway, I went up to the bedroom and I was like, oh, who's that? And it was like, oh, it's my it's my boyfriend. It's my partner. And I was like, because at that point, I'd never really experienced anyone that was in either an open relationship or anything other than like monogamy. Um, and I was just like, I feel a bit weird, feel a bit weird here. Were you scared? Because I mean, at the end of the day, you've got two guys there. Was that a scary thing for you? Or or were you just dickmatized? Was it just you were just ready to go? <laughs> um, I, I was a little bit like, maybe I shouldn't be here. The only the silver lining was that his partner um had a friend over and i just thought they were watching tv together more on that in a second um and i just thought oh it's oh it's okay it's fine you know we'll do that and it's all right and i think at that moment as well like i was very carefree i wasn't in you know the job that i was in now i was just kind of like living my life a little bit so i was like why not it's a story to tell the kids when i have them maybe not And so we did we did the deed and I just remember walking out of the bedroom and his partner was sitting on there was like the uh his computer was there and he was playing video games. I was like, Oh, hi, <laughs> nice to have me over. Um and then I was like, Where's your friend? And he points down and the other guys sitting underneath the desk giving him a blowjob. And I just went, Wow, okay, this is an interesting household, isn't it? Wow. He was he was answering the call of duty, if you will. Exactly. Oh. He was on the he was on the joystick. He was on oh. the third joystick. There you go. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that that happened. And then I got talking to the the other guy. We just struck off a really good kind of friendship and so did T. So they were always like, they were like, oh, if you ever want to come back around for, you know, dinner or anything like that. So I took them up on that offer. And then it just kind of became this lovely summer of love, if you will, (laughs) where it was, it was beautiful. It was like, you know, sex, really nice food, great coffee in the morning. They, and I feel like they really kind of looked after me in that, that moment. It never was meant to happen. But that that was about yeah three four months of my uh, my life with them. Do you think you would have gone round there if they'd have put on the grinder profile that they were a couple? Absolutely not. I think I I would have that would have freaked me out a little bit more because I think again I'd never experienced it and because I never like I never thought about it. It was never something that I'd be like, God, I'm really interested in this. Let's have another one. Mm. Um, but it yeah when when the opportunity presented itself, that was like a. I was like, yeah, let's go for it. And I think I took that learning through now, you know, with with my boyfriend and like trying out different kinks or sex or that kind of thing. So it was it was definitely like, a, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Try before you buy. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> what about like, because when you hear the word thruple, because it's got such connotations with couples. So I think a lot of people think that means you're in a relationship. Now, do you, would you say it was... A relationship with these two or was it more like just sex and friendship kind of friends with benefit kind of a thing or yeah we wouldn't all go to ikea together is, uh, <laughs> which i think is a really big teller if you're in a relationship you've got to go to ikea at some point in your life well it sounds like you all had enough meatballs as it is so it's... <laughs> oh. <laughs> i never want to leave this podcast honestly um but the meatballs were flowing yes they were <laughs> i think 
we were we were very on like i you know my my boyfriend now i class as like my first relationship so i've never had one this is this is kind of my first and we've been together for three years but i think a lot of the things that we enjoy you know openly talking and and you know spending time together was the thing that that i had with with the the two the two lads the two boys and so maybe not officially like i wouldn't have put it down like who's your next to kin this one and this one but um it it was definitely it had the feelings of one and i think they both did as well um but the way the way that it kind of like came to an abrupt end was that those two broke up so i was like well i don't have a home to go to <laughs> no, <gasps> no. Yeah. oh i don't think it was my fault i don't think it was my fault well i was going to say because there, well there were two things that when i speak spoken to people who've been in open relationships and throuples in the past there are things that they say they very quickly learn and one of which is things like communication and being able to be open about what each other wants how to handle jealousy so like how to talk it over and the third thing is spreadsheets um because mm. diary management is very very important <laughs> did you learn anything like throughout your time did you learn things about like how you can cope with jealousy how they coped with jealousy I think because I was like the third I was in a really mm. good position to not like obviously those those two had been together for years and years and years they had their house together so I think that would that was different for them um but the thing that I learned was you know you it's possible and I think that was like the really big eye opener for me. It's like, oh, you can, you can love more than one person. Obviously we do it in day-to-day -day life just because we don't put, you know, family love with, with sex, then it, it, that doesn't really make any sense. But with this, I'm like, yeah, cool. So I, I spoke to each of them individually. I speak to them both together. I'd help them if they had issues, they'd help me. And that communication was definitely something that really, really, I built up over that time. And it's definitely served me well. I think I missed the memo about the Microsoft Excel spreadsheets that I needed. <laughs> Because there were some points, I genuinely, I, I kind of, I don't really remember the details, but there was one where like, I think one of the guys asked me out um, for a drink and then the other guy asked me out for a drink separately. And I was like, I'm double booked. I can't do it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. Oh. Do you think it helped that you were all men? Do you think that was yeah. a, a good better dynamic? I am sorry to uh, straight people because I genuinely think that would be really really difficult because I just, you know, either one man two girls two you know, any any kind of approximation of it. I think it's as much as being gay means that you are you can easily kind of compare yourself to the other person mm. i do think in those situations as long as you are you know headstrong and you love yourself and all that it, that kind of takes it out of it and you just become three three guys having a bit of fun and yeah. i think that's so that's that's lovely i think you know there's there's no worry there's no oh well you have to be involved for this actual sex to happen it's just like yeah you know it's a free willy if you will <laughs> at least three of them definitely uh, at least three yeah sometimes four but that, <laughs> sometimes, i was like good afternoon come in welcome <laughs> was there more Put up a puke. yeah open door policy it was hilariously exactly the the first um the guy who i met the first time that i met t came around one night and then and then we had a foursome and i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> and i think at those moments as well like i maybe a year before that two years before that or maybe a bit younger I would have freaked out. I would have been like, oh God, I don't like this. I don't want to be in this situation. But I think you know, for me, it was like, yeah, we're pushing the boundaries a little bit. But what's what's three plus one? That's that's kind of less hard than one plus two. Do you know what I mean? Um, my maths is terrible. Can you tell? <laughs> um, 
you've got a lot to think about don't worry <laughs> yeah they're coming from all angles and i need to make sure everyone's having a good time <laughs> like that's that's the project manager in me i'm like yes make sure we're all all good get it done in seven seconds <laughs> do you think the experiences like this have helped you be sex positive because i know from my own experiences when it comes to from going from sex work into comedy i've always thought the best thing to do is just lay it all out and then no one's got anything against me nothing can be used if there are you know pictures of my glorious tits anywhere on the internet then it's like well there they are my babies yes <laughs> enjoy so has it been something where you've been like Oh well, this happened to me at a young age, so I'm I'm better off being sex positive and talking about it. Or have you ever worried, you know, maybe something from your past would come out and hurt your career? Yeah, I think it's it's funny because I remember when I was younger and I was like, I always want to get into media or broadcasting or or something like that. And there was always, I mean, I I still hear it from my dad now. It's like just you be careful what you put on social media, and it's. And it's always, he's Scottish, by the way. That was, that was my Scottish accent. They're just a random change. Here's my other character. Um, and he and he was always like, yeah, you've got to, you know, you've got to be careful what, what you share online and stuff. And I was always like, yes, that's the thing. And um, without going into too much detail, I, I had a couple of like bad sexual experiences. Like one when I was 13 where I was groomed by someone on the internet. And I think that was like a moment for me that I was like, oh my God, this is going to really impact me and my career and everything that that, that could happen. Oh my God. And then, um, you know, that also changed the way I looked at sex and relationships and all that. And and I think the turning point for me was was being in a relationship and, and being able to take all of that that has happened and own it. Because if, for me, thinking about it, sitting on it, not telling anyone made me not the person I am now you know being able to talk about sex I think is so freeing and it's so beautiful and so lovely and some people will say you know you've got to deal with that yourself I think I had to deal with it out loud to people that I love and now I feel comfortable you know talking to to people who have been through that experience or not through it or maybe thinking about it and you know even now I've got friends who are into some real kinky stuff and I'm like yeah yeah that's so sick that's so cool and they've never been told that. They've never been told that it's cool, it's okay, it's it's all right to be into that. And I think for them, for someone like me, who is in the public eye, who can speak about sex, is really comforting for them as a friend, um, but also as, as somebody that, that that can do this as well. But it's, uh, yeah, the long way around. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely being open is is not hindered my career yet. I don't think I'm going to be on any kids' TV soon. Um, <laughs> I never wanted to be on it anyway. I'm so sorry, but it's all good. It's all good. It's okay. I saw a clip of you being frantically bummed by a Love Island contestant. So what are the... <laughs> I I think you, yeah. you know... <laughs> That's their my life, that, honestly. I'm like, what? So you... Because you... Tell me about what is some of the gossip that you've heard from some of the Love Island contestants. I always love this. When I speak to someone who's had anything to do with presenting any of them... Who's the worst? Who's the best? Who did you hate? Oh, it's really funny because pre-hosting that Love Island after show, I never watched an episode of it. I think it was it was so weird because I was like, it didn't really appeal to me. It's a bunch of straight people in a house and they're all going to do the same thing. They all, you know, can I play you for a chat and all this? And I'm like, get down to business. Come on. We want to see it. <laughs> and then when they come out, obviously, it's a, it's a completely new world. I think some of the... 
some of the worst people are the ones that come out and have obviously gone in with an intention and they want to be famous and they want all the Instagram followers. And then they come out two days after they went in and they're not going to get anything. And they just have this like entitlement. Um, Casa Ramor people, oh. shout out to you. Oh. They, honestly. I ha- and we had a couple of them. And some, like I tell you what, the majority of Islanders, they have been absolutely lovely. I'm still friends with a few of them. But it's the ones that I think just got their five seconds of fame and it, it just kind of left them mm. with nothing. And they're really, you know, we, we see all the brand deals. We see all the PR things where you go to like the opening of an envelope. That's the stuff they want to go to. Cool. All right. <laughs> Very diplomatic, Jordan. <laughs> I'm trying. I've also said quite a bit and I'm like, oh, God. But, you know, who are the, the best one? You know, it's even now like um, I went to the Brits recently and ended up at an after party under someone else's name. Don't know how I managed to bag my way in there. But there was Love Islanders in there. There was um, Sandwich Joe who was going out with Lucy. And like, I love him. He's really great. And we just like vibed all night. So there's still like there's some great characters there that, that just genuinely like really like we're going to go for a coffee and he wants to ask me all about getting into radio. And I'm like, do not take any of my jobs, please. And thank you. <laughs> but speaking about radio, though, you've set up, you've helped set up Hits Radio Pride. <laughs> Tell us about that. When did you get involved with that? What happened and and why? Why was it so important? Oh, do you know what? Hits Radio Pride, a labour of love, honestly, because we, you know, I, I'm very kind of lucky i guess to be in the year that we are and to be able to just be unapologetically me on the radio like i never thought about censoring the fact that i was going on dates with boys i obviously don't censor the fact that i was in a throuple on national radio <laughs> um and then i um i was really lucky when i joined hits radio uh, which is based in manchester we um they sponsored uh manchester pride they were involved in manchester pride as a partner and they were like we'd love you to host the main stage and i was like stop it you gotta be kidding me oh my god it was one of the most incredible moments of my life because it was like i felt like i was just talking like i was with my family that day and we were just having a great time and you know the artists were amazing that was when i was just getting into like interviewing and then i thought okay over the next few well months when covid hit it was like we're not going to be able to do actual pride so what can we do and i was like oh we should have like a little pride weekend on the radio and I said this to my bosses and they were like, we've got something else up our sleeve. And I was like, oh, interesting. And behind the scenes, this beautiful human being called Ross, um, who's based in Northern Ireland, actually came up with this concept of a LGBTQ plus radio station that is national and is commercial. Because we've got, you know, shout out to the incredible guys at Galio and Gorgeous and so many other, you know, radio stations. But I think we we saw an opportunity to really really grow it and 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 have a home for the queer family. So we, they were like, yeah, we're thinking about doing it. We're thinking about doing it. I was like, you've got to do it. We're doing it with a bang. And then they were like, we'd love you to to host the breakfast show and be the first voice on air. And I was again, I was like, you've you've got me mistaken with someone else here. Like. <laughs> We, we really put our heart and soul into it. And it was, you know, everything that we've come up with for it and, you know, really getting involved. A lot of radio now is, hey, my name is this person and here's a song and here's another song and here's a competition. We love that. That, you know, pays my bills at the end of the day. But that opportunity to, to connect with a, a, an audience that not necessarily hears a lot of that on the radio is brilliant. You know, talking to artists who are queer, we have our priority play every week where we choose a queer artist that you may know of, you may not. 
and, and really put the spotlight on them. We're so, I am so, so proud of that radio station. I'm so proud to be a part of it. And, you know, it was supposed to be a six month pop-up and we're here two and a half years later. Wow. No one's pulled the plug yet. So we're, we're and we're, we're growing. We, we still want to do it. And, um, you know, I think, I think we'll go from strength to strength, really. If you could present a show on Hit Pride as a thruple, who would be your other two? <laughs> okay, well, I have to say, because she is my little, she's like my sister at this point, Becky Hill. Oh, yeah. The amount of times we've just, uh, she's told me some really, really unbelievable stories. Um, so it'd have to be Becky Hill, because she's an absolute hoot and she's a laugh. And who would my other one be? I would either have to say Ryan Mur- Ryan Murphy. It's got to be Ryan Murphy. Because I feel like he would come up with like some really twisted storyline that we could actually have on air. You know, some kind of random thing that happened. I mean, look at what he's made. He's made like an apocalypse happen. And then we've gone to like New York City and then there's cults. It's like, yes. where does that come from? I want in on that drama. My, my life is so boring in comparison to what he could come up with. So I think us three as a little thruple would be amazing. That would be amazing. But it feels like if he was going to put a song on, it would be something like um, Kylie Minogue, but mixed with some dark Depeche Mode thing. Like, well, she kind of has done, but yeah, she's she happen. has done a bit of darkness. But maybe like more like Steps mixed with Depeche Mode. It would be Ooh. something really... Really bright, but then he'd twist it like fully. I mean, I think back to when he did American Horror Story Hotel, and then the the I just have the image of the first Gaga scene, and that song "Tear You Apart" is like one of my most played songs now because it's just so dark and like I've I never heard it before that, and now I'm like it's my favorite song, and I'm really into this kind of like dark music, and of course I'm not. I love Gaga. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> Oh, I'd love it if you tried to turn up at a club somewhere and you were like, yeah, actually, I'm really into the Smiths. Yeah, <laughs> something like really, really dark. Oh, I love like Rammstein. Mm. Oh, <laughs> like God, as soon that... as the first S Club 7 Reach for the Stars comes up and you're like, yeah. Full choreography, ready to go. I do have a friend that's into Rammstein and I'm like, okay, how do I get into this? Is it fat? Like, I love music. I love all shapes and sizes of music, but like, yeah, that's, I, I need a bit more education on that, I think. <laughs> I've got this one random question and I'm going to ask it. Uh, when you're standing there presenting at the main stage, Manchester Pride, all eyes on you, just how much cock did you get? Like, you must have been absolutely <laughs> swimming. <laughs> I wish. No. Gays, not star fuckers. Come on. Well, no, here's a lovely little story. My boyfriend saw me for the first time on stage at Manchester (gasps) Pride. No. So his memory of me is like swanning around that stage in a matching cohort, being very, very queer. Um, and yeah, he remembers it to this day. So technically, I did get a lot of cock from it. Just <laughs> maybe a little bit later than I thought I would. <laughs> just one cock for a very long time. Honestly, <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a not all you can eat buffet, but it never ends. <laughs> How did you eventually meet? Did he stalk you, or was it just a normal? He's gonna hate this because he tells he tells everyone that like I messaged him first and I found him on Grinder and I was the no. He followed me on Twitter and Instagram. He followed me. I think it was because I was a presenter and he actually wanted to be a presenter as well at the time. 
And then he found me on Facebook and I was like, okay, my Facebook's a different name to everything else. Like you are a sleuth here. So I messaged him being like, do you want my LinkedIn? Is that where we're going with this? <laughs> um, and then we were chatting for a bit and actually his, um, his Saturday job was like showing people flats. He was like a letting agent, little Saturday job, love that. Oh. And he then messaged me saying, um, you don't perhaps live in this, this building. And I was like, yeah, I do. How do you know that? And he was like, oh, you're on Grinder and you're zero miles away. I was like, ah, and he was like, what flat are you? And I told him and he went, put the kettle on, I'm coming up. I like, <laughs> Answer the door, there he was. And that's how we first met. And then I, and then he said, no, I don't drink tea. So you're gonna have to give me a water. So I was like, why did I waste my energy anyway? <laughs> and then that was it. It yeah. was, yeah. It that was... was, that was your problem, was it? This guy who stalked you. Yes. And he just wanted a water rather than a cup of tea. Love a bad boy, me, honestly. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Oh, I love that. So what is what is the next project for you? What are you looking forward to doing next? Oh, I mean the thing so being with KISS is such a is such an amazing thing. I mean, I joined those guys like last year just for one show and now I do early breakfast with them. So RIP my sleep. But I love working with them, doing stuff. There's some really, really exciting stuff coming from Kiss that you wouldn't necessarily think of for Kiss. Like um, we're working on kind of like a long form interview series, um, chatting to people that we, we, we would kind of say are heroes, but ask them questions that maybe not necessarily you would ask them, like, you know, people at their pinnacle of their career and say, like, where do you want to be in five years time? Which is a question like, you don't ask, you know, these people, but we've got we've got a list of people that we really, really want to kind of have on that show. If you want to borrow any of my questions, I think the one uh, asking how much dick they get is a really yeah. that you Straight can, you can have that. Thank you. I'm writing, <laughs> get me in my notebook, honestly. Um, <laughs> honestly, I love I love how like the, I I because my main thing that I absolutely love is interviewing and it's it's always interesting being on the other side of the coin yeah. but I I just love like you're you're like yeah I'm getting the T I'm getting the D the T <laughs> the LGBT you're getting everything bit of the P bit of the P <laughs> bit of the V <laughs> bit of the he bit of the she bit of the they I love it I love it if you could go back to little Jordan on that grinder, 23 years old, and give him some tips about what he could do when he's entering a throuple or any kind of relationship, what would you say to him? Ah, oh, it's the thing that I stick to now. It's just be honest and be yourself. Because I think for a very, very, very long time throughout school, throughout kind of uni, um, all I was trying to do is like, please everyone else. I was very like, mm. oh, this is what you want me to be like. I will be that. And it ne it didn't pay off. It didn't. I was I was single. I didn't really have that much sex. I was I was scared of it. I was worried about it. And then as soon as I was just like, nah, don't give a shit anymore. That's when like <laughs> the floodgates opened, baby. And we were in business. <laughs> and I think that's the thing Like even now, like it's the piece of advice that I give other people. And it's the piece of advice that I remind myself about. It's just... Be honest, be yourself. And, you know, that that stems into like, if you want it, say yes. If you don't say no, don't play games. Don't be that person that you, that you oh, I'm going to wait five hours to text this person back. Just text them back. Oh my God. If you want to have sex with them, <laughs> just tell them. If they say no, then it's their loss. You're the most incredible person in your life. And anyone that can hang out with you, 
is very lucky. <laughs> oh, I feel so lucky for being able to hang out with you, Jordan. I am so lucky to be able to, I have, honestly, all of your energy is now in my body. And yes. it will never, it will never leave me. I'm going to go forward <laughs> with my year with this kind of energy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> into the happy ending that is the rest of your year to come before you roll onto the wet patch. You are welcome, Jordan. Thank you so much. I could chat to you all day, but thank you so much for chatting to us on The Smut Job. Jordan Lee! My thanks to Jordan Lee. Oh, what a pleasure. I love chatting to him. What I really enjoyed was the so open and honest and I think when it comes to being honest about your sexuality and your sexual experiences there can be that kind of oh oh my god I don't know whether people are going to accept me but what I love was that that was how he found his voice that was how he found his confidence and and like he said since he started being a bit more open then then things just absolutely went stratospheric for him so I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's got lined up in the future I know what I've got lined up though ladies and gentlemen I've got my fun bags I have once again delved into the fun bags. This week, I put a shout out on my Instagram stories for your tales of being a third. From threesomes to third wheels. I loved hearing the good, the bad and the ugly. And it seems we're going to read them out in that order. So Daryl started with the good. He says... As a complete nerd growing up, I always thought that being in a throuple with two gorgeous women would take a gym bod and a winning lottery ticket. Turns out you just have to be a decent human, regular bather and generally accept that I'm wanted and not needed. Oh, I love that. Yes, Daryl, you are surplus to requirements. (laughs) Generally, you should just be happy to be there. I think if a lot of straight men <laughs> took that approach in relationships, we'd all be having a happier time of it. Uh, Kelly on Instagram, she said, I had to move out of my flat share when two flatmates started hooking up. I didn't mind the relationship itself, but it was the PDAs whilst we were all working from home that wound me up. You see the public displays of affection rearing their ugly head again. Uh, Sasha, she says, I used to be a unicorn. Now, for those not in the know, a unicorn is generally a bisexual person so that when couples want to meet someone else, uh, then they're with someone who likes to see both the man and the woman. And she said, I used to be a unicorn, but now I just see women in couples. Too many men in threesomes try to arrange extracurricular activities without their partner knowing. (gasps) Naughty. Oh, but smash it. If you want to come on the show and tell me about it, then drop me an email. You can find me on Instagram. It's Miri Kane, M-I-R-I-K-A-N-E. You can slide into my DMs or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. Smut Drop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for Metro.co.uk. And if you're enjoying this weekly shot of cream pie in the ears, then please leave me a nice review. In the meantime, I'll be back to prick up your ears next week. And remember, 
Don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you do, then name it after me.